Avengers! Hello everyone, and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. Ooh, I love the sound of that. Hell yeah, I'm your director, Christian Buckley, joined by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. I was thinking about the, the run of show we have here, and I feel like this might be the biggest news week we've had since relaunching mm-hmm. Excelsior. Yes, today is like the Triforce. It is a Big Mac. There are three pillars to this week's discussion, uh, which I can't wait to get to all of them, but it is a, is a meaty week for sure. Absolutely. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. We have a good discussion ahead of us. Absolutely. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, we have uh, returned from the fallout of E3. Mm-hmm. I will say E3. We'll talk about it more in depth, but it was a, oh, it was an okay return for E3. Yeah. It was. I feel like a lot of announcements justified the existence of E3, um, m- mostly from the Xbox and Nintendo conferences, but. You know, wasn't one of the standout years, I would say, but it is a good step in the right direction if E3 is to return. Yeah, I think you nailed it, you know. Plus, 2021, the prep for the show was still in the midst of a pandemic, so I think all things considered, it was a really solid show. But hopefully next year, we're a bit more back to normal. Um, Yeah. Speaking of normal, why don't we go through the standard top of the show as we normally do fury's report in avengers this week if you're loading it up you can get the low power level guaranteed gear drop mission condition green this one i do remember because it was from the beta it is the hulk Mm -hmm. iconic quest line beginning mission where (laughs) i remember using this mission jack to sell some of my friends on this game that were like into marvel stuff because it was like yeah you like raid this base as hulk and then when you're dropping down there you have like a tape from bruce banner talking to hulk being like hey bud i need your help with this that for some reason this one always stood out to me even though i played it like one time yeah this is the one where um you start off in the forest and you're fighting all these people in the forest and then you get into the base and you go a little bit deeper um and abomination is there i do remember that one yeah it's basically very similar to the beginning of age of ultron except uh no snow you know (laughs) yeah pretty much uh, the high power level mission is Along Came a Spider, which I imagine is related to Black Widow. Uh, Gotta be. And if you run the Harm Room Challenge this week, you'll be getting Captain America 2012, number 19, for your comic collection. But you'll be able to do a bit more work on your cosmetic collection this week, Jack, because the marketplace has got some stuff going on. Run us through it. Yeah, I'll run through it real quick. Um, again, we're, we're doing the steampunk aesthetic uh, this week. It's Cap, Tony, uh, Clint Barton, and uh, Ms. Marvel all have their steampunk outfits. Uh, I think Cap's is probably the best. I know some people were making fun of Tony's cape. It looked like a you know one of those fancy carpets <laughs> uh, with like these weird amoeba designs. Uh, I think it's fine, but it is a little funny. Um, but uh, probably the the biggest thing to keep out for this week to keep your eyes out for is the uh, there's a big sale in the marketplace. So I think there's like 30 to maybe like 35% off something. So today, actually, I went in the marketplace, was shopping around, uh, doing some browsing, and I bought, finally, the Clint Barton um, old man Hawkeye, but in uh, Victor Sullivan attire, 
or a uh, Magnum PI tire. So I figured like it's a sale. I don't play the character all that much, but just opening up the screen every time I play it, I I want to be greeted with with Victor Sullivan. So that's what I did. Yeah, and you know I th- I don't think you can go wrong with that line of thought. You know because I've definitely considered picking up some of the end game skins for characters I don't play. Just because, you know, they're not my mains, but they'll be on the team, most likely, if I'm playing the game, so can't hurt. Yeah, and something I did notice, the you mentioned the endgame skins, they were not uh, on sale. I believe they were 1400 and it seems like <laughs> they will never be on sale. Um, or maybe, like, months down the line. But right now, fresh off the batch, uh, even with the whole Marketplace sale, pretty much everything had uh discounted prices and game skins full price uh which is fair but worth noting yeah do you think that maybe there's a weird thing with like the likenesses that they can't dip it or i don't know because i was thinking about that i was like what's the likelihood that this is a high up call or just like hey it makes sense to charge full price for these still um but then Mm. also i have like five thousand credits i didn't spend a dime on any of them so like i don't know how much they're saving on the back end from this but like it's weird yeah, I would say it's probably just because they are recent, but it, it is possible there might be some uh, some deals with Marvel because it is an interconnected, uh, you know, Square Enix is doing this, but this is coming from uh, Kevin Feige and, uh, you know, his his sacred timeline. So, you know, I'm, there might be some uh, some behind the scenes things that that we don't know. That is why they're full price. But I would say it's probably because they're recent. Yeah, for sure. Um if you are looking to get some good pickups in the marketplace, though, and you are lacking in credits, you can drop 10 bucks on a new addition to the, like, system marketplace, like the PSN or the Windows Store, I guess. Um, 10 bucks will get you some credits in-game to spend on the marketplace, as well as two unique skins for Captain America and Iron Man, as well as some nameplates with the two of them. Uh, any any thoughts on the skins included here, Jack? I think I have the Iron Man skin. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like some pretty classic Iron Man in, in cap skins, if you don't have those already. Um, I wouldn't go out of my way to, to buy this, but if you are a Iron Man slash cap main, if those two characters are some of your favorites and you don't have these skins and you were looking to get them, um, I didn't check out the math on this, but it probably seems like a good deal, right? Like those those skins, I think are the fourteen hundred credit ones, mm-hmm. which is equates to you know fourteen dollars. So if you're getting two of those for ten bucks plus some other stuff, that's probably a pretty good deal. Yeah, you imagine, right? So yeah. Uh, well, moving on to update updates, we got a couple before we get to the big meaty E three conversation. But they did say this week's blog multiplayer mega hives will be harder since they tuned down the time to complete. So the conversation we had like last week, I think, was, hey, for the multiplayer Mega Hives, if they're cutting out the floor requirement, is it going to scale or is it going to be we can run through this even faster? It does seem, well, they've confirmed, that there will be a harder difficulty wall if you're squatting up versus if you're playing solo to sort of balance out the whole odds are it'll take you the same time to complete it as a group or very close to it as you would running solo now so yeah quick update that makes total sense um i think you nailed that in your you know prediction or your uh, speculation last week so yeah it's uh you know makes sense 
it's good that they're uh, letting us know. Yeah. Uh, the other notable uh, piece of information on the War Table blog this week that isn't the usual stuff is that, Jack, I don't know if you know this, but the team is crafting the Wakandan jungle to feel like anything, to feel unlike anything else in the game as it stands right now. So, uh, That was a really funny update because it seemed just kind of obvious, right? Like, like it should Wakanda be obvious, seems- right? <laughs> like- right. It, it like it's a good reiteration i did when i was reading through the uh the blog myself and stumbled across that i thought that was funny just because i was like well yeah of course um but yeah it's it, it's good that they're hyping it up a little bit because you know it does it it is the war for wakanda expansion and that would suggest that we're going to see a lot of stuff that is completely different in this game so uh i think we we all sort of expected that but at least they're reiterating that hey this is going to be a a whole different biome for sure and a few things along the side of that before we talk about the trailer for this game that was shown at e3 um i believe crystal dynamics has said that there is a new faction of enemies coming this summer and that's going to be tied as well to the war for wakanda expansion and the enemies will not be robots despite seeing some spider robots in the trailer which is nice so i took that as that is just going to come with the War for Wakanda expansion, but did that essentially mean that before August we will get a new faction that will sort of lead into War for Wakanda? That's how I read it as. I I did see uh, this recap on the subreddit, I think, from the dev stream of one of the devs from Crystal Dynamics saying that there would be a new faction this summer. Um, I took it as yes building into war for wakanda maybe similar to the way the ruskaya protocols existed for the red room takeover like kind of a hint of something coming but nothing too major so perhaps nice that it would be cool to have the avengers as we know them now without black panther Mm -hmm. uh just you know some quick dialogue and like small missions being like hey there's some weird disturbances going on and you get the lead in and be like, oh, we need to head to Wakanda. And that's that's the lead in to the expansion, uh, which I think would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of the expansion, let's talk about E3 with Marvel's Avengers because there was a new Square Enix Presents last Sunday during the E3 event. And Avengers was showpieced, showcased. There was a showpiece? No. The showpiece <laughs> of this show we will get to, but the showcase oh, yeah. showcased Avengers. Um, Marvel's Avengers got a new trailer updating some information on the roadmap that was uh, needing some dates and needing a bit more specification. First up, Cosmic Cube is coming June 22nd. Um, the trailer showcased an army of Monica's. I didn't catch up like that until I rewatched it, but every enemy in that trailer is a Monica. Wow. <laughs> Where the, I honestly didn't catch that until you just said that. Is it is it going to be... Are they all reskinned, or is it all the same? It is all the exact same, Monica. Like, I didn't pick up on this, Jack, until I was going over all the news this morning to write up the doc. I saw the Avengers Twitter account tweeted out a gif of Thor using his, not Warrior's Fury, but, like, the God Blast, I think, where he makes a tiny little hurricanes to lift people up in the air and then, like, electrocute all of them and send them flying. Mm-hmm. Did that to, like, 12 Monica's. It was very funny. That sounds like a fan mod gone awry, in my opinion. Like, yes, <laughs> I think of the uh, the screenshot of a bunch of like 
Thomas the Tank Engines in Resident Evil, whatever game that was. Um, yeah. So yeah, that uh, that sounds interesting. I did not pick up on that. That might be a little strange. Um, again, this is just pretty much just a villain sector. I think there the main mission is the villain sector, and there's like a smaller mission which is more just defeat X amount of enemies. Um, so yeah, that's coming this week, and um, I'm pretty much just expecting a new villain sector with uh, a new villain in Monica and apparently a bunch of different Monica's, uh, which I didn't pick up on. Would you rather fight one human sized Monica or 10,000 uh, smaller sized Monica's? Okay. Um, that's a good question. 10,000 seems like a lot. So mm-hmm. I would probably go with the human sized Monica. I, okay. th- I feel like that is manageable. I am after, after all, I am an Avenger in this game. Fair points, fair points. So uh, we'll see how long that takes. I, I will give them this, though. I think the environment looks very nice, like the weird purple, like, geographical pillars and stuff like that, uh, geometrical pillars. Like, it looks like you're on the inside of a computer and not in the way the harm room is, you know, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, I get that. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it's just going to take, like, 20, 30 minutes max to run through the entire thing, but... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I hope it's good. Yeah. It's a, it's you know, everything since launch essentially. Well, I would say aside from the character updates have been smaller in scale than I think yeah. what we've been hoping for and our expectations are completely in check I think for this. We're expecting a villain sector. That's pretty much how they've described it. Um so yeah, it's we know that going into it and like what you said, it'll probably be 30 minutes or less. Um, some uh, just a new villain to fight with new move sets and hopefully dialogue. Um, yeah, and hopefully. yeah. Honestly, I I very much hope we're done in a way with Monica at this point. I wasn't really on board with her as the overarching villain at the end of this game, and I would just like to move on to new territory at this point. So um, I don't know if that's what this event does. I don't know if she gets away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think it it'd be It'd be nice if this uh, transitioned us into the next uh, big villain. Yeah, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I do think that Monica was in the voiceover for the War for Wakanda trailer we had a few months ago. Yeah, so. I think you're right. I think you're right. Sorry about that. That's a, a year two <laughs> thing, probably. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, July, on the road to War for Wakanda, though, we are getting Wasteland Patrol, which... Uh, we thought could have hit in August, but seems like it's sooner than expected. The way it's showcased, it's interesting because patrols in a game like Destiny aren't exciting. You know, like, being able to do a patrol zone is like, sure, okay, I can load into the moon and not have any specific mission to do. That's nice. But, like... I feel like I already do that in this game, you know, (laughs) like I already will load into an area just tied to a mission and walk around it and get all the chests. Now they're giving me a dedicated mode to do it. So like, it's, it's weird. Yeah, I agree with you. I, this isn't an exciting thing. It just, it's not bad, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, very appealing really. It is like what you just said. Um, I jump into any mission in a specific area and then there's some chests over here I'll go do and I'll do the <laughs> what I'm supposed to do later after that. Uh, this is more just you drop in, 
go for the chest. Uh, you'll probably stumble up across like a high-level uh, enemy that you can take down or save these people over here, something like that. So it's nice that this is coming in, um, and mm -hmm. I would imagine that patrol modes will be popping up for other regions as well, and um, this seems to be the first. This is for sure... Mm, yeah, I would say for sure this is probably the smallest update um, that we've seen on the roadmap. Maybe the Tachyon Anomaly, but that was pretty big in the fact that you could play with uh, your friends as different heroes, so I think there was an appeal there. It wasn't, you know, very long, but I, I, I feel like this is probably the smallest. Um, it's not a bad thing, but it is worth mentioning to get expectations in check. So I think the exciting thing on the roadmap and what was shown at E3, of course, is the new trailer for War for Wakanda. Uh, you mentioned that the full-blown normal licensed music track version of the trailer was much better than the trailer we saw, which a little behind-the-scenes thing. We did a reactions for this. If you want to watch it, it's on youtube.com slash joyclicks. But Square Enix posted a royalty-free music version so the channel would not get a copyright strike. And it really, really altered the vibe of the entire show. <laughs> in a detrimental way yeah absolutely all the we'll get to it later with the guardians but all the music for a lot of the games shown off here even for life is strange which is weird because they had the musician there right uh was all taken out um in you know in a way to protect streamers and stuff uh which is good and i'm glad that they were proactive about that a lot of companies even like xbox didn't do that and i know kind of funny had to mute their stream a few mm -hmm. times um, so that's good, but in terms of showing off the games, it felt very awkward. Um, and yeah, you're right. The The trailer for this with music is really good, and it's a very solid hype trailer for what we're going to get. Uh, but when we saw it during the DMCA free stream, it, it felt very awkward. For sure. Um, that being said, we got a nice little cinematic trailer uh, showing... T'Challa, good looks at their take on Wakanda. We saw Throne Room, we saw the Dormelage, we saw Shuri, we saw Claw, mm -hmm. right? Like, and we heard a narrator talking to T'Challa, mm -hmm. and I listened to it again. It sounded like I could totally be wrong. I think it's the character from uh, the Black Panther movie who was played by Forrest Whitaker. Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting his name. Um, I believe it was voiced by Dave Fanoy. Interesting. Possibly. I think it was him doing like a traditional like African accent, I suppose. Okay. Um, but I, I heard like little, it sounded so different from Dave Fanoy. Obviously, that's not the way he speaks. Um, but yeah, I, I heard little Dave Fanoy bits. So we'll get that confirmation. But yeah, it we definitely saw a lot about Wakanda in this trailer, of course. Yeah. So... I mean, I thought visually it all looks really interesting. I, I like seeing Crystal's take on the Marvel Universe be fleshed out and more realized. Uh, definitely was hoping for some gameplay because we don't really get a good sense of any of his abilities in the cinematic. Like, we, we've been speculating, you know, like maybe some pouncing, maybe some kinetic energy redistribution like the movies, but no real sense of that. Uh, what we do get hinted 
is that this claw fight is maybe going to be maybe some vibranium enhanced claw mech or something. Mm-hmm. To me, that screams raid boss. We didn't get a hint of anything about the raid, but I don't know. What did you think overall of just what they're setting up with this trailer uh, tonally and potentially gameplay wise? So the trailer I thought was great in and of itself. I totally agree with you. I wish we saw gameplay. I feel like that was a really big missed opportunity for this. Yeah. Um, it, going into it, we expected like five minutes of gameplay for this because, you know, it's a expansion that is coming up very soon and you want to show it off to as many people as possible um, who are watching the Square Enix Presents. And it was just the trailer, which was admittedly very interesting and I thought a great trailer, but... With this coming so soon, I was expecting to see some really nice gameplay with a character that will probably be a blast to play, uh, but we didn't see that yet. I have to imagine they will show it off probably later this summer um, in a, uh, a War Table like video, which we haven't seen forever, I feel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's when it will be shown off. Uh, it is sad it wasn't shown off at the biggest gaming event of the summer, Um so that, I, I feel like, was a missed opportunity, but it does seem like um, they wanted to show off Guardians more, which, you know, was was great, obviously, but would have loved to see more gameplay from the, from this particular game. Yeah, and we talked a lot last week, like, there's going to be more eyes here than anywhere else, so it, it's clear where their priorities were, and I don't think it was for Marvel's Avengers right now, um, which maybe there's a conversation to be had closer to War for Wakanda, but I have seen a lot more speculation of hey, maybe this is, like, the last update for the game, um, and then we just move on to maybe a sequel or something, but we can we can talk about that a different day, because today, I think, is the day for Guardians, Jack. Guardians showed oh. very well at Square yeah, Enix. it really did. I tweeted this after the announcement, but genuinely, I feel like this, the reveal for Guardians was one of the best reveals for video games in quite some time because and we'll get into it but they explained the game they revealed the game with the cg trailer and then they showed off like 10 minutes of gameplay and also coming out this year like since maybe fallout 4 i don't think we've gotten a reveal with a imminent release date we know everything we need to know about this game and some great gameplay i we were both left very satisfied yeah, and that is quite high praise, but honestly, coming off the last Square Enix of uh, Marvel game, I think it is maybe warranted here. Um, and I think it's funny because just like in the MCU, the Guardians showed up stronger with a better package than the Avengers up until Infinity War, you know? It's just, it's just yeah. real interesting. I, we, we mentioned that on stream, but we were like, man, this game is just blowing Avengers out of the water. Uh in every way possible and we will get into that with all the details that just it to me it feels like how playstation came out in 2013 encountered all the rumors about xbox being like oh yeah you can share all your games with your friends um you know we're still gonna have games on disc it's not gonna be always online also we're a hundred dollars cheaper like that's that's <laughs> it's not trying to compete against marvel's avengers but i got that energy where it's doing everything differently yeah, and it's strange, too, because I think Jason Trier said that the game's been in development since maybe 2017 or 2018 or something like that. So mm -hmm. 
it's been cooking for a long time. So this is not reactionary, you know, like that's impossible even to be reactionary to what happened last fall, unless there was an entire thing that they just chose not to show in this debut, but that's not the case. Right. So uh, I'm so used to saying Marvel's Avengers, Marvel's guardians of the galaxy is being published by Square Enix, developed by Eidos Montreal, who did the Deus Ex games recently, as well as the third Tomb Raider reboot game, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It is releasing October 26th of 2021, coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, the Xbox Series consoles, and the Nintendo Switch via the cloud. Uh, yeah, they really snuck that last announcement into the uh, <laughs> the Nintendo Direct, where they're like, yeah. it's coming in uh, the Switch uh, on cloud. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> first up, I think immediately, do you know where you're getting this game yet? I'm assuming PS5, right? You're you're going to lock in and just dive in on that? Yeah, that's this is a big PS5 game for me. Um, I We were expecting an announcement for this game, like a CG trailer, and then... We'll see you in a couple of years. Um, it's in October. This is a Halloween game, um, which is wild to me. I don't think I ever could have expected this game to come out within one year, let alone months from now. And so, yeah, I'm getting this day one on PS5. Uh, can't believe this is coming out this year. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who does not own a PS5 yet, I'm curious. I- I'm figuring out what I should do because... The game was probably running on a PC in the showcase, and there were a couple instances of some chugging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a little worried about PS4 performance, even on my Pro, but the first next-gen console I'm getting might be an Xbox at this point. Ooh. So, but the PS4 version, if you buy that on physically you get a free ps5 version upgrade and which courtesy of you christian you uh you helped deliver that news you want to explain that a little bit sure so the twitter account at i think gotg game um yeah was answering a lot of uh fan questions so i was like hey is there an upgrade path for ps4 to ps5 because you know me going into this trying to decide where to buy it because i want that physical steelbook uh like i know avengers did it but i was wondering hey if this is a more recent game later in the generation what's up and they're like yep ps4 version upgrades to ps5 uh if you buy the disc you need the disc ps5 but digitally it transitions no problem but uh yeah so ps4 owners who have not managed to find a ps5 or have not upgraded yet you're in luck you can buy this late last gen version and then uh upgrade if you have the same type of console so very cool yes very welcome as well because i truly could have seen them not doing that and i know this is technically different but square enix has done the final fantasy 7 path as well where it's like hey it's a free upgrade but if you want the new content you gotta pay up so i could have seen Mm -hmm. them go full-blown pay up but glad to see they're not for sure yeah that's that's very user-friendly and you know, lots of games have been doing that recently. Um, Miles Morales, uh, you know, games like that, and I think Crash Bandicoot as well. So uh, it's good. It's a good trend that the industry has been following. Um, and it, it really sticks out like a sore thumb for games that don't do that. Yeah. And there's weird examples like 
Tony Hawk, you'd have you have to pay ten dollars to do the upgrade, but on Xbox you couldn't upgrade the game at all that way. Right. It was like very strange. Um, I would have to imagine Xbox users for this game will uh, be able to do the PS4 to PS5 upgrade. They haven't uh, confirmed that, but I think the Tony Hawk example is the exception, not the rule. So I would have to imagine that will be the case. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to assume. But, um, another thing I'd say that is player-friendly, you know, again, coming off Avengers, this was some pretty well-celebrated news on the subreddits and on Twitter. It is a brand-new universe slash take on the Guardians of the Galaxy. It is a single-player story-based game with no microtransactions, no DLC, the entire thing is the entire thing. Um, how do you feel about that after Avengers? Maybe looking at Avengers and hoping or wishing that it followed a similar arc, I imagine? So on the the universe side, its own brand new universe, um, they responded to someone on Twitter who asked, will this take place or will this link to Marvel's Avengers? And they emphatically said, no, this is our own. Uh, story and you know it's this is our own take on the guardians i feel like that probably could change in the future but it seems pretty unlikely yeah. um so on that point it is it feels to me like a bit of a missed opportunity not being able to link this to marvel's avengers but um it's very possible that marvel's avengers is a sinking ship and they don't necessarily want to you know hop on board when that's happening so i guess that's fair i feel like it would have been nice but oh well uh, in terms of the single-player story, I feel like that's a great move. A lot of people, uh, rightfully so, have felt burned by the fact that Marvel's Avengers was built from the ground up more so as a live-service multiplayer game uh, with less of a focus on a single-player. Uh, so I think it's great. We were talking about maybe this game being co-op. It's decidedly a Star-Lord a Star game that you can control the other Guardians with. I think that's a great move. It would have been nice if it was more like Final Fantasy VII, where, yeah, Cloud is the main character, but in the heat of battle, you can switch between uh, different characters. I feel like that would have fit very nicely for this game. Would have been really cool to play as Rocket or Groot shooting some, you know, tree limbs out. But um, be, having like a single-player focused story with a branching with branching narrative paths really interests me and the fact that you still have agency and control over the guardians in a more of a limited fashion is still uh is still cool to me so yeah i feel like this is some really great news on on the whole what about yeah, you I, i'm right there with you it they did a lot of things that are up my alley um i love the guardians they're some of my favorite marvel movies um and I think adapting them to a video game, one of my favorite mediums and forms of entertainment, is really cool. I like the take on the characters. I think they are good-looking. I think they're new, fun takes. They're not... Like, I saw people saying they look too much like the MCU, or not enough. Like, man, no. <laughs> I I feel like people need to get over that. I, yeah. I was thinking about that today because... I guess we weren't we were not born <laughs> during the the Batman tr transition from Michael Keaton 
uh, handing off the reins to the other Batman. Once we got, you and I at least, in in our lifetimes, once we got to Christian Bale, I feel like that was accepted as, all right, this is the new Batman. Um, but like we were at that point with Avengers when we had our Avengers in the video game, and immediately everyone was like, oh, comparing it to the MCU, you know, because this is like the second iteration of those characters showing up um, in like a live action-y or realistic depiction mm-hmm. and it was like all right th- this is a new thing like we we should get used to that at this point and the guardians being popular from the mcu and them showing up now in this being like the second time they're realistically depicted people drawing those comparisons it's like this is new this is new we can get over it i think we should all get over it yeah it's just i don't know i saw a lot of negativity surrounding this thing and i was shocked because i thought it showed very it showed infinitely better than avengers and i liked how avengers was shown at e3 a couple years ago right obviously it wasn't perfect and i don't think this is either but it's not like this needs to be a 10 out of 10 you know (laughs) like yeah i don't think anybody's happiness or video game opinions or whatever the hell your metric is is riding off the success of this guardians game you know like i thought it looked very fun we can get into some of the mechanics but it is reminding me of a time of video games that I feel like we got a bit away from last generation. What I mean by that is it is going for sort of that Mass Effect-y, telltale style of storytelling where, yes, you're playing as Star-Lord, like you said. You are not playing as the other members of the Guardians, but Star-Lord is the leader of the team, so you're going to have to make some decisions. And some of that boils down to combat using... You know how Final Fantasy VII Remake had, like, the shortcut attacks for everybody? Like, you didn't switch to them, but you could just, like, highlight an enemy being like, hey, use this move there. Yep. That's sort of translating to here, which I think is cool. It's like you're the commander calling shots in the game footage. They, you see Star-Lord calling out, like, Rocket, attack this guy. Gamora, follow it up. Like, that's cool. The yeah. other... And, oh, oh sorry. Go, keep going. I was going to say the other element that you're also having control over like you mentioned is the story either listening to certain members of the guardians over the others which can affect the path you take this through the story probably incentivize replaying it a few times and potentially have pretty major impact on where you end up for your ending so yeah we even uh (laughs) we even got a scene where um star lord encourages drax to throw a rocket across like a ravine yeah. And we we literally got a rocket will remember that moment in the top left. Hell yeah. So yeah, very much similar. And in the case of the combat choices, um, Final Fantasy VII is definitely a good comparison in terms of like the quick actions you could take. Uh, but also, like you mentioned Mass Effect earlier, I finished Mass Effect 2 recently and you had the ability to assign like hotkeys on the D-pad for your squad's uh, biotics. Um, which is essentially like magic uh, in a way. And I feel like it's it's pretty similar to this as well, where you have different menus, and I would imagine probably hotkey actions where mm-hmm. you hit the D-pad and one character does a specific action that you required them to. So, yeah, some some I feel like these are all really good comparis- comparisons because if this game is anything like any of the games we've talked about, it's going to be great. Yeah, and... Truly, I think if it if it is exactly what they showed us it is, right? It's no lower than an eight. If it's really good, but it's like, you know, maybe feels a bit 
a couple years too late in terms of the way it's designed or the way it feels like even if it's if it nails that though like it could be really good and i'm ex really excited for this yes i do love the guardian so that's probably carrying some of this as well but i thought it was written very cleverly i laughed a couple times at some of the jokes like um there's great instances of the trailer right showcasing your ability as a leader to pick the story elements where you're trying to hustle this person by selling them uh, Groot or Rocket. You can decide in your ship, then we get through a gameplay demo, we reach the the gates of the, this uh, this keep, and then you're, uh, the team's like, hey, last minute, do we really want to go through with this? And then the demo, Star-Lord, switches to, I believe, Groot to sell instead of Rocket, and Drax is pissed because he went back on his on his idea, and he's like, "This is an assault to democracy and stuff." And like they <laughs> nailed the tone really well, and it felt really natural, and it didn't feel like they were copying anything. So I really, really liked it a lot. Yeah, it it feels like Guardians. It already established that it has a really fun personality to it, um, like which is in contrast to Mass Effect, which I wouldn't say has a fun personality. It's it's obviously more of a grounded like sciency approach which mm -hmm. makes sense, but this is, you know, fun, cosmic space, and The Guardians is known for that, and this game is adapting that really well. And I wasn't surprised at this, I don't think anyone was surprised at this announcement, because it was leaked to hell, but I was very surprised that this game kind of just looks like a JRPG, in a way, like, in terms of the the combat. Uh, I was expecting more, like, traditional third-person action, Marvel's Avengers sort of beat-em-up style, but you do have those options of uh, being a little bit more tactical and going in and having your squad do specific moves. Uh, there's stagger meters and stuff like that. And um, there's like words on the left and right side to like describe how well you're doing in action. So yeah, that, that blew me away. I was not expecting that level of uh, gameplay in this. And I feel like that's a really interesting fit. Um, and I, this game has immediately climbed to my most anticipated game of 2021. Like, no question. Yeah, I, I'm really sold on it, and I think everything you said, I co-sign, and, like, I'm glad that in just a 20-minute showcase, they were able to, I believe, firmly make their own distinct take on the Guardians, right? Like, Already, I'm looking at them as a completely different entity. I'm not going to be comparing any of them to any of the movie ones, I don't think. Like, I think maybe the closest comparison... I mean, obviously Groot, but, like, it's Groot, so it doesn't matter. Um, like, Drax's direction, I feel like, is similar to Dave Batista's, but, like, it doesn't feel like he's going for Dave Batista in the game, you know? Like, it, it, it definitely just feels like it's Drax, and it's a new take on Drax... He's very oblivious to things. He's very dry. That's Drax. So I don't think I'm going to find myself comparing this cast really at all to the, the films. Now, I am I think we're probably going to go into this kind of just like how we went into maybe Marvel's Spider-Man or um, Miles Morales or maybe even Marvel's Avengers where these are characters that we know. Mm -hmm. They're going to be directed a little bit differently because it is a different project with different people working on it. Uh, but the core is based on characters that we are familiar with, um, with the understanding that this is going to be a different uh, direction. And I'm already very excited about where we're going in this. And yeah, this game just instantly got me hyped. And there was sure. really nothing about this that made me upset. I feel like <laughs> it, 
the uh, it, it took the opposite approach to Marvel's Avengers, where people were like, "Oh, this is a multiplayer game. It's there's microtransactions." I didn't have a good sense. People didn't have a good sense, myself included, about even before launch, like what the game would actually be like. We have a really good sense of what this game is going to be mm-hmm. uh, months away, and that's a really good sign. And they sh- it showed very well, and I was completely blown away. This is this is it for me. This is the mm-hmm. game. This is Hell the one. Yeah. Uh, I I will say one other thing. I want to shout out. Like you mentioned jrpg vibes right um which i I see for sure where you're going but the thing that stood out to me is what we were all referring to on the reaction stream as star lord's limit break uh, Mm. which is essentially it's a super move like it's a your l1 r1 ability um where we get this nice little like 80s synthy background surrounding him wherever you are uh, he does some sort of like He-Man Tron pose, like putting the thing up in the sky, the Walkman, and then um, music starts playing. It's a licensed track. In the normal demo, it is Bad Reputation, and Star-Lord is glowing purple, presumably having some ability buff super that lasts the duration of the song, right? I'm imagining, Jack, because I heard somewhere that there are 30 licensed tracks in this game that we will be collecting these tapes and each tape is tied to a distinct ability. So Ah. let's say the thing that Star-Lord used was like the L1R1 for Bad Reputation gives him rapid fire poison damage or something. Mm -hmm. Every time you want to do that, you're going to be listening to Bad Reputation where potentially maybe something like name a song. Uh, well, the other one we have on here is Holding Out for a Hero, which I sure. imagine will be in this game. Sure. Maybe that's like boosted defense or something. What about yeah. Man Eater by, uh, uh, what's the band? Or what, what are the two guys I'm thinking of? Something and something. Simon and Garfunkel. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man Eater is by, uh, no, not the game. Uh, I'm thinking of Hall Notes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we get that and that's insta kill or something you know sure like i i hear that there's 30 tracks i see what we saw in the demo my mind connects the two that's how we get our superpowers and i would love to see that that sounds awesome i i definitely foresee collectible tracks in this very much like how you collect cassettes in metal gear solid 5 yes um or just any collectible game really i'm just making the direct comparison between cassette tapes um I think that's a really cool tangible uh, upgrade system or uh, collectible system that uh, wasn't necessarily present in Marvel's Avengers. So yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. I yeah. love the idea of being able to search around an environment and find like a tangible thing that would affect gameplay. Uh, it reminds me of in Marvel Spider-Man, each suit has its own unlockable ability. Sure, so, yeah, that's cool. Definitely. And speaking of collectibles, they did also go on to say on their Twitter account that there are, I believe, 40 skins that you can earn in-game. There are a couple for pre-orders. You know, I don't know if those are counted. Actually, those are probably counted because they did say the pre-order skins are early unlocks. So the pre-order bonus is the classic skins for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Those will be unlocked immediately, but you can find slash unlock those through playing the game the way you would 
maybe not exactly, but the way you would conceptually in something like Spider-Man. So, yeah. And uh, everything is unlockable too. Like mm-hmm. and you already mentioned the note microtransactions, all the skins and costumes in this are earnable. Yes, which is exciting. And also, if you really have a problem with the way these characters look, they did say there are MCU-inspired skins in the game. So mm. if you want that Star-Lord with the trench coat and the scarf with the MCU helmet, you can get it. If you want Rocket without the goatee, potentially, you could probably get it. If you want Drax with the Batista tattoos, maybe you get that. I don't know, but... I, I think you're right, Jack. This game is the antithesis of Marvel's Avengers in almost every way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the inverse. And I, w- I was thinking of when you were going through all the uh, the information about this game, like maybe there were microtransactions or stuff like that in this game, and then Avengers came out, and they were like, well, we can't do that. Like, I don't want to speculate if that was the case, but it, it j- all this information, the fact that they're hammering on it so hard feels reactive even though it probably isn't like what you said earlier like this game was has been in development for a while but i feel like the fact that they're hammering all this good information so hard is in a way reflective of the fact that hey we kind of as square enix we kind of messed up (laughs) with marvel's avengers so this is almost like a make good in a way even though it, it it might not have been conceptually thought of that way um i feel like the marketing for this is just saying if you want that single player marvel experience you have that in guardians of the galaxy definitely and it's the great part is it's coming very soon uh maybe if avengers disappoints up until august we only have another month to wait until guardians hits so that's very nice um and i'm sure you and i will be discussing this game extensively in the coming weeks and months like uh I think it's safe to say that this will transition to Avengers slash Guardians for the foreseeable future uh, as the main focus of conversation every week, because I'm sure we'll be getting more and more info about this game. Uh, Already confirmed, the next issue of Game Informer has this as a cover story, so there will be loads of new Guardians info coming up in the near future, and we will, of course, be covering it here in Excelsior. But any final things you want to throw out there about the Guardians presentation, debut, hype before we move on um honestly it sounds like a fake made-up game that uh you know has no business existing because everything about it just sounds really good in my eyes like they are nailing the presentation and tone of the guardians the gameplay looks amazing the visuals look pretty great um i think i feel like it strikes a good balance of being realistic but also comic booky um and yeah honestly like it, it 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 feels weird coming off of marvel's avengers that square enix has a marvel game that they're just saying all the right things about and the the fact that this is a few months away is still blowing my mind i can't fully comprehend that and that has me so excited absolutely and i I think the only little thing if i had to say something i wasn't vibing with throughout that demo was i'd like to see star lord in a scenario where he doesn't have to be shouting you know yeah i feel like that was every line (laughs) It's like, Gamora, Rocket, like, maybe, maybe just some standard conversation, you know? We don't always have to do that. (laughs) I I am hoping, like, going along those lines, we do get, in the downtime on on his ship, 
we get those Mass Effect vibes where, yes. oh, let's go see what Drac- Drax is up to and have a conversation. Let's go do, uh, let's go do Gamora's loyalty quest and Please. stuff like that. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, and like ideally, if I had to pick, I, I and I assume it would go this way because they have a history with Tomb Raider, which is like distinct open-ish maps. I imagine the flow is going to be similar to a Ratchet and Clank or like a Fallen Order where there are a handful of planets. You can revisit them, do some new things there, collectibles and all that. So like, again, perfect recipe for a game you and I should probably both love. So yeah, this is uh, immediately like on my radar and I, mm-hmm. I don't pre-order games very often. I probably will for this game. Yeah. I, I really love how the, I think it's called like the Cosmic Deluxe Edition or something like that. It's a steel book. There's an art book. There's the soundtrack. Uh, you get some nice pre-order skins for Star-Lord. Like, I'm thinking about it. I know I spent 70 bucks on Avengers, and I don't regret it, but I can't tell you what <laughs> advantage that gave me, really. This seems but, justified. This one yeah. seems justified. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Once I figure out where I'm playing this thing, I'll, I'll buy it for sure. But Absolutely. Um, and... Last thing I'll say, in the showcase, they did uh, have an interview with Dan Abnett, who wrote a Guardians comic that I have, and I don't know if he's involved with the game, but they, I imagine they're using that as some sort of inspiration or starting point for their take on it, so I got the first volume. If you want to get brushed up on some Guardian comics in the next few weeks, I'm down to read that for a little book club or something. 100%. I have been missing out on comics uh, since I finished Invincible and mm-hmm. I've been uh, feeling that drought. So I would totally love to read some Guardians comics. Hell yeah. And I think the good thing is there's only two volumes of his running Guardians. Like there are a lot of issues, I think, but it's just collected across two volumes. So it can absolutely be something we do. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let's plan on it. I'm down for hell, that. Hell yeah. So uh, that is the state of Marvel video games as it stands post e3 nope i just realized we did not see the XCOM game no we didn't that's a good call we did not see the the marvel XCOM game we're gonna wake up one day and that that's just gonna be a tweet who was that supposed to be developed by or published by 2k 2k hmm. i think i don't think 2k or take two even really showed off anything yeah 2k i mean they Gearbox had like a diversity thing. panel right that was i it? think i think that might have been take two yeah yeah but maybe maybe it shows up at the playstation thing that is probably happening this summer we'll we'll see but meanwhile i don't know if you saw this jack we got a few developments on the mcu front right now tell me about it first up i believe an actor who's in morbius said it's in the mcu to which marvel studios responded very quickly no it is not <laughs> i don't know if that, you saw that i didn't see the response that's very confusing to me because the trailer showed that it very much was in the MCU with uh, with Vulture, unless yeah. Michael Keaton is not playing Vulture. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Is it just lies? Is it technically not, but it's a different skew of the same universe because we're doing Spider-Verse? Is it? I don't know. I'm tired. I don't know. <laughs> I would just very much rather this movie didn't exist. Yeah, like, I think... I'm definitely going to see it, right? Because I think oh, yeah. it'd be having some... I think there there's practical effects for the Leto look, but like having just some weird C-tier monster movie 
might be fun in the year 2022 you know uh, it, uh, this this has me more intrigued than ex- excited like no what is, for sure yeah, yeah what's even going on this will be a fun theater watch for sure similar yeah. to how venom was for me just like hopefully uh the ceiling stays intact for this one though oh yeah yeah that i i'm sure there will be an omen where the theater is like no you need to you need to leave you should not be here you should not be watching this you're gonna show up there's gonna be a man in a dracula costume stand by the exit <laughs> that's oh, that's gonna be the disappointing thing where like if we see this day one and we have people showing up dressed as morbius be like oh man there's, <laughs> there's an audience for this and it's it's uh, sad yeah i mean that's how venom succeeded you know yeah uh, yeah I'm very interested to see how this movie performs because Venom is an established brand. People know who that character is. Um, that movie was pretty fun, you know. Deba- debatably fun. Um, <laughs> I, who likes... I don't even know a casual person who likes Morbius. I don't even know a hardcore person who likes Morbius. I, I don't know who this movie is for. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how it performs. Definitely. Um Speaking of movies performing well, though, uh, there were some initial impressions on Black Widow that came out this past week. Most of it, pretty positive. I saw a lot of praise for the action. I did see what we expected. People were comparing it to The Winter Soldier. Um, The other highlight, of course, was the performance of Scarlett Johansson. A lot of people said it was her best take on Nat. And lots and lots of praise for Florence Pugh. I saw instant MCU icon thrown around, but um, yeah, I mean, I know both of us have been pretty blackout for like official information about Black Widow, but hearing all this, does this do anything for your excitement for Black Widow? Um, not really. I feel like coming out of MCU movies, it's usually very praiseworthy. Like they're yeah. bad movies in the MCU don't exist. There are two arguably mediocre ones. Um, they're de- well they're definitely mediocre ones uh there are no I, I would say there are no bad mcu movies sure um so like it, that doesn't surprise me but it is it is a good reassurance to be like hey this is going to be a lot of people's first movie back in the theaters my mine for sure and it going into it is nice that people are coming out of this very positively um i'm very glad that black widow finally got her own movie uh considering that avengers endgame had the best representation of that character uh and it seemingly was her final role but of course she's getting her movie um in the fact that it seems like florence pew will probably take on the legacy of that character maybe yeah uh, so yeah this this is gonna be a good one um even if it's just like hey that was a great experience saw some action good setup that's really the only that's what i'm expecting that's my expectation going into that so if it meets that totally satisfied what about you yeah i uh you know, when it was officially announced, like, four years ago, three years ago, whenever this was, um, I was hoping it would sort of be the Winter Soldier vibe and follow-up that I thought Civil War was not, and I remember feeling pretty confident that it could be after they showcased that original first footage. Do you remember that? It was, like, the scene of uh, Scarlett Johansson fighting Florence Pugh in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. When they showed that, I was like, oh, maybe this is it. Maybe this is what I was waiting for, for a new spy movie in the MCU. And uh, hearing that, people are echoing that, makes me very hopeful. So, 
yeah, I was already looking forward to this. Um, I'm ready for this movie. Uh, I'm probably not going to look at anything else at all <laughs> moving forward. But yeah, it, good to hear that it was received well because a lot of people say there's going to be one point, going to be one movie that just it all falls apart. And it does not sound like it's this one. So yeah, I'm the House of Cards is still still climbing. Yeah, I, we've gone through the marvel bubble conversation i feel like three times since 2008 you know yeah so not yet well moving on though final point of conversation the final bun of the big mac we got loki episode two hell yeah we do overall impressions jack spoiler free of course what did you think of episode two of loki so yeah spoiler free uh, I felt that episode one was a really good answers episode or in the fact that, hey, what's going on? What are the rules? And it established the rules of the show pretty cleanly. And I think we knew generally what to expect. Obviously, there'll be some surprises going forward, but I feel like that was a good setup episode. And this was even I feel like this is probably even a better setup episode uh, without getting to spoilers. We know pretty much what's going to happen. And uh or at least like what the setup is for the the coming few episodes and um yeah it was riveting throughout throughout the whole episode even if the beginning bits were a little bit more focused on building up the story and getting to where we were in the final scene uh but i really enjoyed it and it i feel like this show is using the format of television very well where we leave off each episode really wanting to see what's coming next and that's totally how I felt after episode two. It's probably my favorite of the two so far. What about you? Yeah, I, I definitely loved what I saw this week. Uh, seeing Loki and Mobius bounce off each other and continue building that rapport was very fun. Um, seeing Loki sort of enjoy taking on the role he's been forced in episode one, I thought was surprising to me. Like he seemed very eager about a lot of it which i thought was fun and I, I probably would have been a little bored if he was like oh i hate doing this why make me do this like i i thought it was a very fun episode that had a surprising amount of stakes throughout it and i'm like you said very interested in seeing what happens next um, i thought it was a, a really strong episode overall more happened this week than episode one so i'd probably give it to episode two as well for so far my favorite Oh yeah, so. I, f I feel like they're following a good through line of, um, like, WandaVision was different because it was so segmented in its episodes, but I feel like the show is, like, very much building upon each episode as it goes on. Um, like, we had, we had the episode in WandaVision where they're like, alright, it's episode, what was it, four? We need to explain everything. We're gonna, like, grind the show to a halt and then just yeah. get, get everyone caught up. This feels like a really good build. Like, we're still climbing the mountain at this point. And, uh, yeah, we have, what, there are four episodes left? And I am I finished this episode and immediately wanted to watch episode three. So this is a really good start to the show, I feel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, why don't we get into spoilers then? Uh, there's a bit more to say about this episode. Um, I guess before we get into specifics, though, do you like track everything that's going on with their rules and their time stuff and the way the timeline works and how it connects to Endgame and why that works? Cause like I'm hearing what they're saying and I'm just like, you know, what? sure. Why not? Like, I'm not trying to think about it too hard. I don't know if you 
are doing some math to make it all work but how do you feel um, about the timeline i'm with you where i'm just i'm sort of just going with it at this point i will yeah. probably get more explainers later i know they're the reaction to the the timekeepers and the sacred timeline online has not been very positive i've seen yeah. a lot um i really wanted to tweet something but i felt like it might have been too negative where i was gonna say if you're upset about the timekeepers affecting uh mcu events uh in loki then wait till you hear about real life predestination because uh, <laughs> that's just you know that is life and i know like people are like well this is his own established fictional universe and you don't want to apply the rules of real life to the fiction but that's just sort of how i'm thinking of it where the mcu exists in a reality and who's to say that like predestination or free will don't exist in that and i love how those themes are being discussed and it is like even owen wilson says uh even obia says like it's a little bit more complicated than just a set predestination mm-hmm. um like even even tying it to what happened in this is a weird stretch but like in harry potter where like you're supposed to be sorted into specific houses but there is like a level of choice you have in there even though it might be like a little bit smaller than you might realize yeah i feel like that's what this show is establishing sure yeah like i I think also it's man we talked about it a bit last week right because there was a bit of reception that happened since episode one and when we recorded last week but if you're upset that things happen and there's not much like it's the batman thing it's like why doesn't he just fund the city it's like then there's no damn story like yeah i don't know what you want out of this right like also if you want to get very literal about it in terms of just the timekeepers acting as guidance for the events of that world um how do you think movies work (laughs) that thing has an ending while you go in there right like that end of the movie is going to happen no matter what before you even sit in that seat like yeah it's a weird thing to get hung up on for me i understand the people who are like i don't like the idea of predestination but again not liking the idea of something does not mean it is bad or like detracting of a narrative that's being told you know it's like I mean, the MCU is so widespread of a social thing at this point that, like, that might be lost on some people. Just like, oh, I didn't like this, so it's bad. Because of just how many fans there are of this thing. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to get hung up on, I think, for sure. I agree. I understand it, but it's, it's not like these, the characters that we've known for 10 years are just on autopilot. They're experiencing everything that they're experiencing, and they're not that doesn't take away from the fact that maybe they were set on this path unknowingly. Um, And yeah, it's just, they will probably explain it. uh, But I just love those themes. It just reminds me of high school, honestly, like learning about deism and the fact that a lot of uh, like philosophers or um, people from early like American history were uh, believed that, there was this uh the idea of like a clockmaker of a god where he wound up the clock and then just let it go forward um like free will versus like predestination i feel like that's really interesting and you know each mcu show so far on disney plus has brought up different themes and that's what we're going with in loki and i really appreciate it yeah and we talked about it a bit last week too but like exploring that through loki specifically who is so heavily rooted in that idea of like 
his identity and his place and everything and his whole speech about freedom in Avengers one that we ran through again in episode one, uh, the looking for purpose being lied to about who he is. Like, I think that concept is really, really interesting already. Like you're saying, but throwing that in with this character who has had this belief for so long and is just being like overtaken by all this reality of what is really going on, I think is very, very interesting. Um, but now that we're saying this, I do want to ask you something because there's that scene that was a great scene of uh, Loki and Mobius having lunch, right? Mm-hmm. I think, and it wasn't the salad one, it was the other time they were eating um, or like sitting at a table together. Yeah, you're talking about the more like theoretical, like where yes. do you come from? Where do you come from? Sort of deal, yeah. Yes, so... That conversation, it's it, it was a little tropey. Like, that's a conversation that characters will get into when this is a subject matter in your story, for sure. But, man, something tells me the timekeepers do not exist. I, I don't think they exist. I think it is an illusion. It is propaganda. I think it's not really going on. There's somebody else who's trying to manipulate this TVA into their own scheme, and it's the lizard men in space controlling everything i don't think exist i don't know if that's you a, differently but i didn't think of that that's a really really good point it reminds me of like the wizard of oz where there's yeah. like the myth of the wizard and then behind the curtain he's just this normal dude just pulling pulling the strings and making it seem like he's a lot more important than he is um uh i guess i haven't really thought about that i i took it at face value that they they do exist um for me with the timekeepers it's very much a fourth wall breaking we're talking about the mcu writers or kevin feige and um there is going to be an epilogue to all this we don't know what it is yet we don't when it's coming but once we do we're just going to sit back and let it happen very much talking about the mcu in general we don't know when it's going to end but it will at some point um just hasn't been written yet like that's literally (laughs) literally them talking about uh the mcu in general so that's cool but that is a really interesting theory christian and there you probably have there there probably is something to that because i feel like you don't build up a mystique of characters with such power without without having something different than our expectations going into that so you are probably onto something that's a really good observation thank you and i mean We've had that thought with something like WandaVision of like, oh, you don't tee something up that major and have it be nothing, right? Like, for sure. But um, I think specifically here, right? Like, and it, it could always be retconned, but think about the Ancient One and Doctor Strange, right? In all of their appearances, because we've had a handful of them, neither of them have ever referenced Predestination or the Timekeepers, and you imagine both of them would know of such a thing. So, like, it's weird that we're just getting this thrown in there. I know the ancient one, I still have to rewatch her scene with the timeline and see how things get recontextualized with the TVA speeches and everything. But, yeah, I have a hard time buying at this moment that the timekeepers are truly a benevolent force or even things that exist i I think this is absolutely an organization that is 
using that as a guise to have some sort of control over something. So that yeah, I I really like that idea. Um, right now, I'm still taking it at face value. There, yeah. I feel like there is a force that is connecting things, but um, always having like a shady organization that says one thing and does another is um, is always interesting to me. So yeah, I could I could totally see that. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, Mobius is buying into it, so I don't think he like has knowledge of something shady or anything. I think he truly believes this. So yeah, interesting to see where that would go in the future. But um, and the fact that he hasn't seen them. Yeah, like Jack. I think the thing that really made it me believe it is the shot of them going to the library, and then we see the statue of the three of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is propaganda if you looked at that in a video game you would get some flavor text at the bottom that just highlights propaganda you know like that would be a thing that is meant to reinforce whatever totalitarian thing is going on i think that is for sure the vibe i got from some of the imagery in the tba yeah and now that we're talking about it like the uh ravona's character um Mm -hmm. she's like her whole thing is no one else can meet the timekeepers but me i dictate what they tell me yeah um that seems a little suspicious that she's the only one who could see them mm-hmm. and so. yeah that, de- that definitely goes along the lines of like um creating a myth and sort of uh putting putting distance between like commoners and uh people up, up top who are like i'm gonna tell you um what the it, it strikes me as like um uh, the catholic church at the time of you'd have to like pay your sins away essentially um sure yeah i i really like uh being someone who uh was went to 12 years of catholic school i love all the religious aspects of this and the fact that uh it seems very critical of organized religion um yeah that's a, that's always an interesting topic to me and the fact that an mcu project is going into that is uh pretty pretty great i love that yeah because the last thing I'll say on that front is, you know, if we if we pass the red line, all hell breaks loose. Didn't we hear that the timekeepers already untangled the multiverse in the past? Why couldn't they do it again? Is it just an inconvenience for them? Why is mm. everybody acting like it's the end of the world? You know, I think maybe it's the end of the world for this regime. You know, rise up. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. But um, you like that use of the Shrek song? Um, I don't like your uh, attachment of that song to Shrek. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that's uncalled for. I know it is in, in that film or in the sequel. Uh, yes. it's, it's unfortunate that there's a sequel. In fact, many sequels to that movie. But um, I do like that song. I know a lot of <laughs> a lot of people were complaining that that song was overused this week uh, because <laughs> it was also in the Guardians reveal, which I think is I hilarious. Know, uh, like, but that song's great. I love it. Yeah, I thought that was so funny because when i was watching loki uh, right because the guardians was sunday loki was wednesday i woke up in the morning and i saw shrek or holding out for hero on twitter trending right and i was like fuck it's probably in loki Mm. and then i was like that's funny though because we just heard that and then i watched it wednesday night and i was like damn who who did not clear this like somebody messed up somebody realized that or didn't realize that this was going to be two marvel things with a big focus in one week it's a funny coincidence. I don't think we'll ever see anything like this happen again, but I did enjoy that very much. 
Yeah, that was hilarious. Uh, so someone was asleep at the wheel um, in the most sure. excellent fashion, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, the the bit that I think was a huge highlight for Twitter this week was Loki explaining the whole apocalypse theory with the salad. I saw Mark Ruffalo had some fun with that bit. Like He tweeted out a PNG of salt and pepper shakers over a salad, and he was like, I liked Ragnarok or something like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Very that was a good. Stuff. That was a good bit with the the dude coming back, uh, and Loki stealing his juice box. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, everything we get into with the episode in terms of the theorizing, like in universe, like everything Loki's figuring out. I really love how all that was handled. Uh, seeing him in Pompeii was very funny. Uh, good humor this episode. I thought. Was there any standouts for you? Um, in terms of humor, uh, like I said, the dude. <laughs> Just uh, being like you and realizing yeah. Loki is there. Uh, I thought that was good. Um, the jet ski bit with Owen Wilson obviously setting up. He's hopping yeah. on a jet ski at some point or another. Yeah. Um, that's that's all good stuff. Uh, I, I really just feel like Owen Wilson for me is the draw in this show. Um, where I, I'm really hoping he sticks around. I know we're getting a Loki season two. Mobius is a really interesting character to me so far. And I feel like he's only going to be built up in the coming episodes. And the fact that he can stand toe-to-toe and even uh, see through Loki's sort of guys is really intriguing to me. The fact that this random dude in the TVA knows everything he needs to know about Loki and he's dealt with Loki variants before um, and is just sick of Loki's, you know, stuff is is really cool. And... Uh, the di- the dichotomy between them and the the back and forth between them is probably even better than the back and forth we saw in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping he sticks around because he's great. Yeah, definitely. Like I I really like the way they play off each other. I like seeing Loki in this context, and I want more of this for sure. So it is nice that we will get a season two. Um, but yeah, hopefully it involves the two of them still working together because th- there's a lot of really fun stuff between them and i think there's potential for way more and we might not be getting a ton in the next episode considering where we leave off where loki just dips out with presumably lady loki i've seen another theory Do, have you heard any of the conversation around that uh no so i i kind of thought that was lady loki what, what was the uh theory you were alluding to so I've seen some people, I am not familiar with this character at all, only the, the same namesake in DC, but Enchantress. Oh, yeah. I I saw that. I don't know who that character would be. It seems like hear. that, it like, that is Lady Loki, for sure. It seems like people were maybe thinking that she could adopt that moniker, maybe? Like, both Loki yeah. and Lady Loki could exist, but Lady Loki would maybe take on that role. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I think that's likely. I mean, I, I don't think with everything the show has set up so far in terms of its mystery and its conflict, I don't think it's going to be like, surprise, I'm this character, actually. I'm not a Loki variant, because what does that do for anything? What does that do for Loki's character? What does that do for the story if this character is actually not Loki? Like, does because he doesn't really seem like he has any regret that this variant of himself is like, killing people you know so like 
taking like being like oh actually i'm not a loki variant what's that going to do for him is he going to be like oh well now i know i won't ever go down that path again like that's not what we're doing with this character at all so it i don't see how it would service the the story or plot other than being like a twist that 10 people would point at the screen and be like oh it's her you know like i think i don't buy it i think the safe bet is that that is lady loki um in that yeah i feel like that's it um the the enchantress uh theory is somewhat interesting i feel like that is loki who may adopt that role i feel like that is the if it gets there that's what it would be sure so I mean, that was kind of it for the episode, right? There was just Loki trying to unravel this mystery, this manhunt for himself. And I I thought it was another solid episode. I think there's potential for this series to be the best one so far in terms of consistency, as long as it keeps up. But so final thoughts or anything? Well, what I was alluding to and like my general thoughts of like how this is a really good setup, I was not expecting lady loki's sort of like grand scheme to be enacted so soon in this series we're in like episode two and she is already like episode one one established that the timekeepers and the tva are really good at their jobs and make sure that if there are any branches they are clipped immediately and lady loki comes in and immediately creates like red lines everything and that was very surprising to me and i did not know what the plan was when she was stealing all of those reset charges and just drop them um, <laughs> through various points in reality. I thought that was a really interesting, compelling thing to leave off on where this is like mess. The, the timeline is completely messed up right now. And I am slightly worried that the show will fix that too easily and it won't have many ramifications. Um, I really hope this show like just sticks with it and says, yeah, this is we're setting up the multiverse in this show. Like I know they're talking about it, but the fact the fact that she just swoops in and just starts creating all these branch realities, I would be worried if that is fixed too easily. I I hope they sort of just double down and say, yep, she created that. Loki has succeeded in that way, and now we have to deal with the ramifications of that action. Yeah, I think there's a chance it could go down that road. Um, But maybe that's why there's a season two. Like, maybe season two is part of the cleanup effort. I don't know. Like, but I I could definitely see that for sure. And what I was saying before of, like, who knows what the truth is with all this stuff, I could maybe see a world where it really didn't impact much. It was just part of the whole narrative that the TVA was spewing, but... If, if it is what we see is what we're getting, then yeah, I can absolutely see what you're saying of the outcome being resolved too easily or too quickly. Um, I think similar to where WandaVision leaves off of like, Wanda's messing with some stuff she probably shouldn't be, might be similar to what we leave off with, with Loki. Because like, look at what's next for MCU projects. Black Widow, Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel. I imagine those are not going to get into the multiverse. Right. Even like, in the slightest but come time for spider-man in december maybe you know yeah i i really appreciate so far that the projects we've seen from phase four are phase four 
are much more personal and Mm -hmm. they haven't really been um they haven't really seemingly influenced the greater mcu in fact they like kind of don't even address it like uh falcon and the winter soldier doesn't even address what the state of the avengers is it's just this is a sam wilson captain america story and that's what it's covering and wandavision was very much focused on wanda's character and loki now is focused on loki's character which we haven't seen too much of aside from like the thor movies and this is very much centered on on his character but um i do hope that the disney plus shows start aside from being more personal stories start affecting the greater mcu um and i feel like this has the potential to do that and um i wouldn't be like i i would kind of be upset if this was cleaned up too nicely i i wish and i hope that this creates some ramifications that the greater mcu has to deal with now yeah and based off of what they've been saying so far I think there's a world where that's the case, but we may just not get a follow-up until Spider-Man or, like, when Doctor Strange hits next year, uh, which I think could be a benefit and a hindrance, but we'll just have to see how it all unfolds. Um, I am with you, though, in terms of just being surprised that this seems like it was Lady Loki's big plan, and we already dealt with it. There's only four episodes left, so curious of where we go with lady loki and loki and tva and potential cleanup i feel like four episodes is very brief to try and fix what's going on here um so i'd like to believe that it's gonna spill over to future projects but yeah i think overall i'm still really hopeful for the show and i think it's hasn't let me down in the slightest yet so hoping that because there's only four episodes left that will continue the way we had a little bit of a peaks and valleys scenario with wandavision and a i'd say somewhat steady falcon winter soldier um season but yeah i'm looking forward to next week of course and uh i enjoyed this one so any final impressions or expectations for next episode um i'm looking forward to the back and forth between loki and lady loki we know next mm-hmm. to nothing about her or her motivations why she's doing this so that'll be interesting to parse out um i'll tell you what christian i very much wish this was a fall slash halloween show because it just gives me those vibes the music yeah. in the the theme song in particular just seems so spooky and i kind of wish this came out around that time um in a similar way, I kind of wish WandaVision also came up around that time. But um, I agree with you. I feel like this might this might have the possibility to be the strongest Disney Plus show. Um, WandaVision kind of left me wanting more in the earlier episodes. And I feel like it, it picked up very strongly in the middle at the end. Um, and Falcon and the Sol- Winter Soldier had a very <laughs> strong drop off in the last episode. Um, but so far, so good for loki and i'm i'm loving it so far really wish they came out on fridays do not like the wednesday schedule but yeah man and i also hate that they shifted wednesdays to be the day for the premium shows now that's a bummer horrible move i hope they rectify that yeah hopefully i don't doesn't seem like they will no i don't think they will either but um uh i think that does it for this week's excelsior jack until next episode where can the agents of excelsior find you 
Sure, you could follow me on Twitter at FascinatedJack. Uh, we are going to do the Metal Gear Solid Five Long Play Club at some point. We got We all got to take some time to do it. Realizing I'm playing through it right now. Realizing how long that game is. It's very yeah. long. It's like a 50 hour <laughs> game, probably. Yeah, 30 to 50. It's a long. It's a long. So we we got to. Uh, we're gonna you know let everyone have their time to to play through that. But uh, we have the long play club in which we've talked about all the metal gear solids so far up to metal gear solid 5 so if you want to check that out you can look that up on youtube.com slash or on podcast services of your choosing what about you christian sure you can follow me on twitter twitch and tiktok at shun 2d2 this was here youtube.com slash for excelsior every saturday in its playlist alongside all of other podcasts like Jedi Knights, Gamescast, and of course the Long Play Club, like Jack mentioned. If you want the audio version of this show, you can check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, your service of choice. Just look up Marvel's Avengers Podcast, Excelsior, Joy, Joy Clicks. Um, I'm going to see if I can work in Guardians of the Galaxy to have that pop up for Guardians Podcast as well, so I'll look forward nice. to that. Um, and if you can rate a review on your platform of choice, it would be appreciated because it helps us out a ton, helps us reach more people and have a good time. If you want to support the shows on a monetary level, patreon.com slash joy clicks at the one in $5 tiers, $5 tier gets you producer credit on this show and every show like Chris Sakas, Aaron Easton and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. And I believe that is it for Marvel this week. I am hoping next week is just a Loki episode. Oh, well we have cosmic cube, so We'll talk about Cosmic Cube next week. <laughs> I feel like Cosmic Cube, we, we'll, we'll know what to expect, and we'll just talk about what that fight was like. I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's how the conversation is going to go. That's exactly how it's going to go. So look forward to a, a good five-minute discussion on Cosmic Cube next week, and, of course, spoilers for the next episode of Loki. But until then, Excelsior. Excelsior.